Them trendy rappers I'm in a Fendi jacket Whipping the belly backwards Baby, you can smoke in the car Just don't drop any ashes She a sexy actress Doing her best theatrics Too many handy splashes All over my bed and mattress I don't give any access I got too many assets And way too many foreign bitches With too many accents Soon as you ready You already past tense Mama, we do the Kama Sutra I slide you in an Uber Versace Medusa My diamonds are brighter than your future I'm a product of the sewer I got my jewels out the bottom of the cooler Your honor, don't tell my daughter I'm a shooter I'm honest regardless of how I grew up I got a dollar You told my mama I'm a loser But I'm Obama to her Out in South Beach, Miami With Rihanna on a scooter Got a thousand grams of Madonna from Aruba This is top gelato and avocados This is not McDonald's that was Opulence off Graphs, The Oracle 3. For episode 62 of We Go In and Presents, one of my all-time favorites, Graph, joins me to break down his latest project, The Oracle 3. We also talk how he maintains his passion for hip-hop, working with Royce the 5'9 and Pete Rock, and much more. After the interview, make sure you check out all the links, all on wegoingin.com. Yeah, I'm so passionate about it, man. I, I, love, I love the culture. I love the game. I love to make music. Shit is, uh, it's like a part of me. I'm, I'm truly just scared to create shit. Where do you think that passion comes yeah. from? You know, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I, that's just a, my, who I am. Like, if I wasn't creating, I don't know what the fuck I'd be doing. I'm not even joking. Like, I have to... Like before with music, I used to draw. Before I was drawing, I was doing martial arts. Before with martial arts, I was writing shit. Like I, I have to create some type of art. So do you feel like you like you've always been involved in something? Always had something to kind of be that like creative release. Always, always. I'll probably fucking go insane, like dead ass insane without out of create. Because I don't, I don't like. I'm not the guy that's the most expressive emotional person, so I don't have a way to get all this shit out. I fucking go crazy. Do you still draw? Do you still do anything like that, or have you have you gotten in the in any kind of gym for martial arts? Nah, no, nah, I didn't stay with it. Like I didn't stay with the martial arts. Same thing like basketball and sports. I didn't stay with it, but it was always some type of it was always some type of outlet to get the shit out. But um, rapping, obviously, I stayed with it. And drawing. I didn't draw on paper anymore, but I draw on like leather jackets and bags and still create and design clothes and all that type of shit. So I still, I'm still creating shit with the art. That's all the time. That's amazing. And I feel like ever since, you know, we first, you know, came in contact and everything, like from the I Don't Care mixtape to um, the Oracles, like I've always been a huge fan of the Graph mixtape. You know, when, when you look at, putting together the Oracle three, how much did you draw on like your previous mixtapes in terms of like how you put it together versus looking at like trying out like new methods or new ideas for the Oracle three? Well, because I know I was living up such a fucking high name and high expectation before I even started writing, I wrote around to one and two for a couple of days. So let me just get back into this zone right here. You know what I'm saying I got to get back into the zone. That's what I, that's what I did. And then um, when I did, came about to do it, I called Green Man to do it. He lived out of Phoenix and shit. So I went out I went out there, and for the first two nights, 
I said, I'm about to stay in the shittiest hotel I could find, man. I want to see the whores, the hustlers, and the pimps, and all the wrong shit. So I stayed in the worst hotel I could fucking find. And that shit felt like I was writing this, the fucking mixtape and like the meth lab from Breaking Bad. That's really what it felt like. That's incredible. I had to put myself in that mind frame. I said, you know what? I need to go where, where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I just needed to feel that shit. And I felt that shit. I was like, oh, this shit's crazy. But, um, but then I, I just mixed that vibe. Because I'm like a sponge, man. I, t- I soak in whatever the fuck environment I'm in. And it comes out in music. So I just, um, I just soaked it all up, man. And, and just uh, combined it with the new age fly dope boy shit that I'm really selling now. And just made sure I, I, I stuck to what that brand was. I think me, me and Green created a strong brand with the Oracle. So uh, I, I wasn't even thinking about a part, to be honest. Somebody in the fucking, out of Griselda show, in the crowd, I was, at, I was there with Benny. Somebody yelled out, hey, do Oracle 3. I was like, I never even fucking thought of that, bro. But I said, let me call Greenland and see if he's down with it. And I called him, and he was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. I said, all right, fuck it. I, I flew out to him, and we got that shit done in a couple of days. That's amazing. No, I'm, I'm, whoever whoever did that, props to them. Yeah, man. That's, a, that's fucking crazy. Like, that shit was really born out of the crowd at the Zelda show. I was not thinking about Oracle 3 whatsoever. I was I was doing a whole other album called The Black Sheep <clears throat> on, a different, on a whole different vibe. That's crazy. So do you still put in work on The Black Sheep, or does that kind of just get scrapped at this point? Oh, no, nah, nothing's getting scrapped. The fact that hip-hop is back in style the way it is now, I'm going to get the fucking dumping right after this project because I'm going to shoot a shitload of videos and push the hell out of Oracle 3 and hope the fans really soak it up the right way. Right after I feel like people really uh, are used to it and they know the words and they retained it, I'm going to drop another project on here and they'll get the black sheep. And then right after that, we'll get another one. Like I'm just going to keep hitting you with fucking material, man, because I'm, I'm in a good space and I'm happy that hip-hop is back in style, bro fucking excited yeah seriously i mean for the the style of lyricism that you bring to the table is now like what people are trying to do so like how do you feel like seeing that your style is like like this is like do you feel like this is your window like to absolutely crush it i really do like i feel the way i feel now it's the same way i felt when i first came into business that's how i feel right now like i'm fucking excited about the business, the actual business again, making music is fun. For the last decade, it wasn't fun. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like a job. I was still creating because that's what I do, but it, it didn't feel fun. Now it feels fucking fun again, like truly. And and I can honestly say, like, as a fan of yours, like, I can remember, like, the I Don't Care mixtape with, like, Damage is Done and the Shook Ones Part 2 Freestyle and, and just everything that was on that, that mixtape, like, that like was like my college experience is like that that never went too far and then the oracle and oracle 2 same thing so like like to me like i feel like i can hear the passion back in in the oracle 3 where like you're trying you know new styles and like you're really being like super clever with the wordplay where you have to like rewind it and go back um do you feel like that's an intentional move on your part to like not let the listener get everything all at once um, it's intentional in, in the sense of there, there, I went through a period where I was tired of being uh, misunderstood and not really heard properly. And I, I wasn't like dumbing it down, but I was trying to make an effort to simplify shit. And now I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you get it or not. I'm just doing what I want to do. 
like, like I'm just doing me. So if it sounds complex, it's not that I'm trying to make it complex, it's that I'm not taking time to simplify it anymore. I don't give a fuck. I'm just making the music I want to make. And that's just it. That's amazing. And I think that's what fans loved about you before is, is whatever you said, it really sounded like you just didn't care. Like you were just going to say it. That's how I'm on it now. Like I'm back. I'm like, I went through different phases, different periods trying to like appease people or, okay, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me listen to this person in my head, this person in my head. Or let me try like just different shit as an artist and just, just uh, creatively and just trying to find different, different ways to express myself. But, now I'm like, this is all I really want to do, man. I just want to rap and do me. Politics gets in the way and fucks up and fucks up the fun. And the fact that now politics mean nothing, nobody can stop me, nobody can get in between me and the fans, me and the people. We're back in control, man. The people have the fucking power again. And I'm I'm excited about that. But not nobody waits on the radio for what they want to hear. You click on what you want to hear when you want to hear it. And I could I'm I'm into that. We have the power again. Exactly. Okay. Because I can remember the holdup in terms of like new songs back in the hip hop game days in terms of like the Sony problems or the Rockefeller problems. And at the time, I mean, artists in general were really beholden to a label or an A&R in terms of like, you know, maintaining the buzz. And now it's like, I'm guessing you're not even looking for a label at this point. No, nah, I'm not. I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind if one comes along, but I, I'd be happy to spend somebody else's money other than my own. But that'd be awesome. I'm definitely not looking for a label. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking for anybody. I'm just doing me. I got my own company, Team Bang Dope Gang. We got our own money. We got our own studio, own cameras, own cameraman, directors, artists, art guys. We doing it all ourselves. We don't really, we don't need shit. And how did you go about assembling your team in terms of taking it? to where you can handle everything in-house? Uh, it might take years to build that shit, man. It, it fucking takes a long time. Like, I'm still not done. You know what I'm saying? So, it's a long time to build up a strong team. You, you fire a lot of people. You meet people that don't work. That shit is not overnight at all. So, how do you know when you find, like, people that really fit the team and that, that you trust and can work with? <sighs> Energy never lies, man. You just got to fill it out and trust your instincts. Energy never lies. Everybody talks a good one. I met a bunch of the wrong motherfuckers. <laughs> trust me. I met the wrong people enough to know when you find somebody that's a right fit, then you know. And I, I'm not, I normally attract it to people with good hearts, good energy. You know what I'm saying? If you fit in with my crew, I know you fit in because somebody going to detect that your shit ain't right. Your energy ain't right. It's gonna, it, it won't. I've brought many people around. They didn't work out. They'll fall out with somebody in the crew. Somebody about just it's it just energy, man. You got to gel. You feel it, right? And I think that's one of the things about you that that shows throughout your career is you've built some really strong relationships. Like you and Royce have worked together for years. Um, you and the Griselda guys, Green Lantern. You know, how do you build those strong relationships? Because not many relationships in hip hop are able to last throughout the years. Um, and even some of the ones that do last are just for appearances only. So like, how do you actually build these real relationships where, um, you know, it's, there's a genuine, you know, respect behind it. I think when a people, I'm always attracted to like the real dudes, man, the street guys or guys with good energy, or just good people in general. So you get around somebody with a good heart, good energy, be real, real ones. We just connect. 
They just connect, and you just cherish people that, that you connect with. Like Royce, good dude. Yeah, he's a hundred. He's a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Bun B, that's my big homie. He's he on every project I've ever dropped. He's a hundred. Benny, Conway, certain people I meet, we just gel. Like the energy's always good. It always feels the same. Nothing ever feels fake, fabricated, or formed. These are good people. Music or not, they're just good human beings. So we get along. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's where that comes from. And you just keep you keep the people close that you that you share with anyway. You know what I mean? You gotta value the relationships that you feel matter. And the ones that are fluff or fake or some bullshit, let them just go, man. For sure. And so what was it like, you know, recording I Play Forever off of Royce's Allegory Project? Crazy, man. For me to be on a Royce album is such a shame because he's like one of my favorite rappers. So that that that's that's uh that's an honor for me. Real, real. And when you talk or, when you talk about like Bun B and and these guys that you're mentioning too, like these are all also really high caliber lyricists, you know. Um, when you work with someone like a Royce or a Bun B, like how do they elevate your game lyrically? I think um, you, just, you just you feed off the energy. You 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 put your best foot forward. I mean, I always have to have regardless. You know what I'm saying, but somebody like Royce, it's kind of definitely I'm gonna think more word patterning. Like, I'm just being a different bag, just fucking with Royce. As a matter of fact, Royce is in his production bag now, and he's producing, and I rock on a few times that he made, and I'm super airing this shit out, because I'm, I'm just in my Royce bag, you know what I'm saying? So, I always push lyrics first, though, you know what I'm saying? That's the way I remember what I believe is. For sure. What works for me. And if you go back to the Oracle 3, you know, on Opulence, you know, you open up saying, don't try to dress me as these trendy rappers. You know, you have this long longevity in the game. What does that mean to you to, you know, to have that experience and to have survived the different waves and still be here today, like crushing it? I mean, it's a lot. I mean, that's just real consistency, real longevity. And that's like, to me, that's success. To stand the test of time, really keep doing it and still building new fans and expanding your brand and making music that matters to people. I mean, I, I make, I literally make new fans every single day. People that come, they're like, oh my God, I just heard of you, man. I just discovered you. I'm so glad I found you. I'm about to go check out your whole catalog. And that shit feels great. Like, so many people, even with this album right now, there's so many fans that I've made that think I just came out. And I'm like, this is great. I feel like I just started anyway. So that energy, the energy that I'm feeling, it matches. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. That's amazing. And then when they go back to hear, like, the Oracle or the Oracle 2, it's like brand new music for them brand new you, you, you talk about like feeling those waves of like just not feeling super passionate about what you were doing at any time did you ever think about walking away and saying like it's time to do something different nope I made music man just because I didn't I wasn't feeling the business doesn't mean I wasn't feeling the music so I just didn't like the business of it so unfortunately the, the the business I was in was music, but the business sucks to me at one point. You know what I mean? This underground shit, this street shit is a whole different business model. I could do what I want to do. There's no politics, no haters, no blackballing. Nobody could stop shit. I could just rap and focus on the music and I'd have to fucking feel like I got to manage myself or do my own PR or market myself or deal with this football or that football or talk to this guy in this office who doesn't really want to fuck with me anyway because of some bullshit that has nothing to do with music. I don't have to do with any of that fuck shit. All I got to do is rap and make dope records, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, do you find that the the way that we all used to do business back in the hip hop game days, and the like, even before the blogs really took off? I mean, 
What do you feel like has been the biggest change from that era to now? Um, I think it's the freedom to do what you want and the freedom to be able to reach the fans whenever you want instant gratification. I can reach any fan I want right fucking now. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can blackball. Nobody can tell me that I'm playing my record or not. Invite me to this place or that place. I don't have to do shit. All it is about is the people. We have the power. Everybody has to bow down to us. The artists and the fans have the power. And that is a beautiful thing. There is no middleman. If my fans can reach me directly, I can reach them directly. We don't need shit but each other. They can get, and I can put out as much music as I want, shoot as many videos as I want, and entertain people who give a fuck about what I'm doing instantaneously. And that is true power. For sure, because I think one of the biggest um, problems for artists back, back if, we're look, if we're going back to like 2004, 2005, that era was like, you want a song to get out, you got to send it to the mixtape DJs and like they might not be dropping a new tape for two weeks. Um, the website, you're waiting for it to, to get updated by somebody else and it, the song may or may not go up. So, I mean, there was a lot of... like it moves so much slower back then where now you can throw it up on SoundCloud and Spotify the next day if you want. Yeah, it's crazy. I think, I think now we have the power. And going back though, yeah, I love it. You know, a lot of people either, they either hit me up and they're like, man, whatever happened to hip hop game or they're like, what's hip, what's a hip hop game. And going back to the audio page, man, what, what do you remember about the hip hop game audio page? Um, say that again. What do you remember? Oh, that, that what do you remember just going back, you know, about the hip hop game audio page? Shit, man. I just remember you guys had the exclusive. You guys had to fucking eat. I remember that shit. I don't remember too much more than that, but I know you guys had to try to have all the new shit first. <laughs> I don't know. Really, really remember. That's why I was fucking with y'all. No doubt, man. You know, and I remember back then when you were just having your kids on opulence, you talk about that you want to be somebody that your kids can brag about. You know, what's your approach to fatherhood and and raising your kids today? Um, I decided to be the best that I could be, period. I'm in every avenue of their life, every facet. I don't miss a game. I don't miss you know, parent-teacher night. I don't miss anything. I'm like a dad, dad. My dad wasn't there, so I know it feels like to have that, that void. So if I make a promise, I keep it. I don't give a fuck what I got to do to keep that shit. I don't care what mountain I got to climb, what flight I got to catch, what I got to miss. I make a promise, I'm keeping that shit. And that's how I raise them. I'm not, I'm all the way, all the way in their life. You know what I mean? Like, every day. That, Period. That's amazing. So, and I'm sure that comes with sacrifice too, right? In terms of like, maybe not taking Absolutely. certain shows because of a game or, you know, finding ways to, to make the career work almost around the kids. Where like, before kids, it's like you do whatever you want. That's the truth. It dictates where I live, what thoughts I take, everything. So, they come first or... Do you feel like it's made you more motivated as an artist as well and more focused? Absolutely. I mean, it makes you more driven. You have to be successful. You have to do what you say. You have to put on. And now they're they checking for the music. So it's like, yeah, man, I've I, I got to be me. i got to be everything I say I'm going to be. That's a fact that they're watching. No doubt. What do they think of your music, man, now that they're old enough to really, like, listen and understand and, like, really make, like, like well-formed opinions? They respect it, man. They they into it. They into it. They like hip hop. My son of the day, that when he was like ten, he was finding like Chub Rock and Chris Cross on his own. I was like, what the fuck? That's amazing. He's into it, man. It's crazy. Yeah, he's just into it. 
And it's crazy. You know, on Opulence, you also say, I'm Sean Price. And I thought that was a really powerful line and tribute to Sean P. You know, what did he mean to you? He meant the same thing to me. He meant to hip hop, man. He's important. He pushed lyrics for us on the ground. He was a real one. You know what I mean? I'm a fan of his work. We respect each other mutually. We're definitely cool with each other. And I, I respect that, man. He was, he was dope. Wish he was still here to kick some more ass. Seriously, I know that's like he would he would be killing it today. You know, like what everybody I've I've talked to about Sean has their own favorite Sean P story. Like, like I remember when my first son was born, and we were on Facetime, and he's giving me parenting advice that I still use to this day. Um, uh-huh. Like, what's your what what's your favorite Sean P story from your interactions with him? I just every time I seen him, he had good energy. He always had something funny to say, something crazy to say. Just he always said something fucking crazy to me. He walked in the room, like I'm the brokest rapper, or just some crazy shit. Like his energy was just so crazy. He would definitely laugh and have a uh, a, a, a smile and good energy when he's in the room. Absolutely, he's gonna say something crazy and get your attention as soon as he walks in. And I feel like he was part of like that that wave of rappers, like that first wave that really. Um, in from from his time period that was you know like if we're looking at like the sean p not ruck from helter skelter but sean p the solo artist that like wasn't afraid mm-hmm. to be himself to say i'm the brokest rapper you know or like i don't get very big royalty checks like um he really wasn't afraid to be himself and i think that really helped a lot of other artists kind of shed some of those barriers that you know um to be more of themselves in their music yeah, being real like that always gonna resonate with people, man. And and shout out, shout out to Ruck too, both of them, man. They 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 were both real dudes, but but uh, being real like that always gonna resonate with people. Just what it does. Rock Rock Ness Monster, I want to shout him too, man. He's a real one too, and he's nice. Heck yeah, and I think that honesty and that openness is what also like is why I, your music has always been so important to me, and why I've always kept you um, in my playlist and everything. You know, like guilty on oracle three is like that as well um we really opened up about your career path the ups and downs you faced and how you're still persevering um is guilty like songs like that are those hard for you to write or do you find like those are some of the more easier songs that was a a hard record to write because that's actually my whole story and i never told it before that was the first time i ever said any of that shit so that was hard to write i actually wrote that record on tour with royce five nine I had a, I hired a driver and he got tired, so I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna drive." Everybody in the car fell asleep, and it was just me in the open road for hours, driving, driving with that beat playing, and that shit just started spilling, man. So that's like raw emotion, real pain, real thought. And some of the people I mentioned in that record might be upset, but I don't really give a fuck. That's my real story, man. my real truth. So if you're mad at that, fuck, I'm gonna, what can I say? You know what I mean? I mean, I thought that song was eye-opening um, myself, just thinking about like the different the different struggles you're going through with your family. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff, it seems like you really kept it, kept it really closed off and, and separate from like what you put out on social media while you were going through it. Right. Absolutely. I wasn't sharing that with the world. That was all personal shit. But um, yeah, I decided to share it now. And have you heard like, you know, like you, you talked about like Chaz, who was someone, you know, with black hand that like you guys were super close for a long time. Have has he reached out to you over the song or have you guys talked since? Unfortunately, he passed away, man, in the summertime. Oh, wow. So, uh, 
and we we didn't get to mend our differences, which was not serious anyway, because he was more like a father figure to me than a manager. But we had a little stupid ass rap differences. I know real personal shit, but I'm stubborn and he's the way he is. We just never fucked back together and mended it, and, I, and I, he passed away. And I never, I'm never gonna have the opportunity to have the closure of just fixing the stupid shit that was between us. There was never no real shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's just more fucking pain to deal with. But maybe that'd be another song. <laughs> right. No, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you also talk about like how K Slay doesn't play your records anymore. Um, th- you know, like, did something happen with you and yeah, K Slay? You so what? Did something happen between you and K Slay, or do you like? Why do you feel like you don't have that radio support? Uh, I never really did. I never, my, my city never really fucking supported me radio wise. So it's just I never. I don't look for that shit in New York. I, I fuck. With, I just fuck with the street. But Slay, um, nah, I don't know. It's just a, we, you know, he started my career, and we don't really kick it the way we used to anymore. And I guess you know, shit changes, and it is what it is. Not personal, right? It is what it is. Because I mean, you're on Rolling Twenty Five Deep, which is probably one of the best posse cuts ever put together. Um, how, right. how do you look back on Rolling Twenty Five Deep today? I mean, it's good. It was innovative to put twenty five niggas on the record. That was crazy. He was doing shit like that. He he wasn't afraid to break new artists, and that's why I always respect him. Whether me and him talk every day or not, I'll always respect him for the way he conducted himself in his business. So he'll always have that. He can't be right history. He'll always have that. And if you look, if you look to like, if you go back to the that mixtape era, I mean, a lot of artists have um, were not able to kind of transition to like the newer business models or to like keep their momentum going or keep the drive going. Why do you think so many artists that were successful during that time period weren't able to tr- transition as the as the game shifted to new avenues, you know, to market yourself in new styles? Well, it's like it's like uh, Blockbuster and Netflix. You got to stay ahead of the curve and see it coming. If you don't, you'll be a dinosaur. And something that I've always enjoyed, you know, with your with your style is you always have, you know, a very literal style. Like, for example, um, on Anonymous, you say, like, um, she threw the punani, but nobody caught it. Um, what's your writing process like in terms of mixing, like, you know, those clever, funny lines um, into your into your music so people can catch those? Um, I don't have a, a I mean... <clears throat> I think I like write like a mad genius to some degree because I don't really write when I do. It's just like fragments of words. It's never like a complete sentences. Most of the shit I write in my head, though. But when I do write, it's like, if you look at a piece of paper, you'll see like four lines and maybe all over the place. No, nothing cohesive. And I'd be like, this is 40 bar verse. Like, how? And I just, sometimes I, sometimes I, sometimes I can't even read what the fuck it says. I'll read it later. They're like reminders of, of points, bullet points. So I write kind of weird. That's crazy. And do you actually write it out? Like, are you a, are you a paper pen kind of guy, or do, is it in your phone, or do you not write? Oh uh, no, I don't write. I don't write. No, I don't write shit. Every once in a while, I do, but most of it's in my head. So do you go back, like, when you lay a song down? Do you like listen to it and go back and make changes, or do you find like the first time you do it is usually how it stays? Back. Say that again, my bad. What'd you say? I said, when you like make a song, do you go back and listen to it, then go back in the studio and maybe change and, and tweak a couple things? Or do you usually find like the first time you do it, that's the way it's going to be? 
Nah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I tweak it, but if I feel it, the way it comes out, sometimes it's a home run. Most of the time, I like it how it is, but sometimes I change shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. Or somebody might give me a new idea, or just whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm creative, man. That shit, energy. It, sometimes it changes. Sometimes it is perfect. But I just do whatever the fucking music says. If I play it back the next day and I don't like it, then I change it. Or I might not like it. It might never come out. All my love it, I drop it tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's no rhyme or reason to most of my shit. It's just feelings. Whatever I feel, I'm, I'm doing that. And throughout, like, Oracle 3, as well as, like, if we go back to songs like As God, As My Witness, like, you've always mixed in the angels and de- devils imagery in your music. Where do you think that comes from? Well, I was raised religious, but I'm not, I don't believe in religion per se, but I do believe in heaven and hell, God and the devil, evil and bad. So you'll always hear that pussy pulling the music. I always feel like my ancestors and angels walk with me. And that's why I'm even here in the first place. And I'm always going to feel like demons are trying to, trying to uh, do the opposite and destroy shit and cause chaos. Like it is a pussy pull. Like if there were, if there ever was a purgatory, I would think it's right here. I think we walk about spirits, angels, and demons. And um, you know, however you choose to deal with that, is how you choose to deal with that. You could pray to demons, you could pray to the devil, and go with that energy and be successful, or you could do it the other way. You know what I'm saying? So I believe in all of that shit. No doubt. And going back to a song like "Guilty," that for me, like, was reminiscent of other songs you've done, like "Borderline," "Damage Is Done," where. You just really open up, you know. How how much do you feel like songs like "Damage Is Done" and "Borderline" define who you are as an artist? Um, a lot, because those are my real feelings. Those are not just like a battle rap or just lyrics. Those are like feelings <coughs> that just happen to rhyme. So they really do define me. Like "Damage Is Done," for instance, was the first song I even mentioned. My father's death. I never spoke about it verbally in conversation. I barely ever speak about it now. So at least how I feel about the incident. I don't even know if I ever actually dealt with it in real time to this day. So in totality. So the music is therapy. So when I say it in the music, it's real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I go back and listen. It's also like time cap time cap shit to me now. And I hear damage is done now. And I'm like, damn, the way I was expressing that pain, I was such an angry young nigga. You know what I'm saying? A lot of anger in that. The way I express it for the first time is just harsh as fuck. I wouldn't say it that way now because I'm not as mad. I dealt with some of my pain or my loss or demons or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So, um, yeah, man, this is real emotion. Borderline, same shit. Like, guilty, that's all real shit. It's my real story. It's how I'm really feeling. It's real loss. It's real relationships that I'm talking about. Real relationships that I'm trying to protect and not even say certain shit, but I'm still telling my story the best I can without exposing anybody. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a hundred percent real shit and like these kind of records. Like it's just real fun, it's just happening around. Like dead ass. And I found too, man, like just in my own life that like having kids, they force you to deal with some of the issues that you might be holding on to from even before they were born. I mean, do you feel like being a father has kind of forced you to deal with certain issues that you weren't maybe trying to deal with before? Hell yeah, because as a parent, we're we're all imperfect people trying to raise perfect people. Like, you're teaching your kids mistakes inherently because you're not perfect. So you have to deal with your own flaws, your own your own shit. You got to deal with your own issues and try to be the best you can. You got to heal yourself in order to raise the best child you can. I'm raising a young man and a, and a, a woman. I'm saying a young girl. I'm trying to make the best I can make. And she's being raised by imperfect people who have pain or damage or hurt. I'm all fucked up. So 
I got work to do on me just to be great for them. I have to be great. I have to be my greatest self every day. Like, I always look at life like it's a game. Like, you wake up every day, you have to try to be better than you was the day before. Like, you ain't no relaxing, no days off. Not to me. Days off from what? If you're building something every day, what are you taking a day off from? You got to get up tomorrow and be better than you was today. And whatever the fuck you're trying to do, ain't no days off from that shit. You can take a day off from work, whatever. Can't take a day off from being a parent or making yourself better. Period. No, that, that's the truth. I mean, that's, I think that sums up parenthood perfectly right there. Right. And So that's me, man. And I found like through the Oracle 3, similar to the other two Oracles, like I thought you did a really good job of controlling the mood. Like you kind of like it goes up and down. Like the songs really segue well into each other um, is kind of controlling that overall feeling and like how you want people feeling throughout the project. Was that like a conscious decision and how you sequenced it? Um, kind of. Yeah. That is I, I was pretty conscious. I wanted you to go on like an emotional roller coaster with me the best that I could. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to take you from energetic shit, to melodic shit, personal shit but I mixed it up I didn't want to put everything in one section so I could just take you everywhere you know what I'm saying right and what was it like getting with Pete Rock for Stovetop amazing man Pete Rock is the greatest bro you know what I'm saying I did a few records with Pete I did one before that went on the end project called Fall Outside which is amazing as well so uh, I love Pete Pete is the greatest man and you've worked with a lot of like I, I so I would work with Pete every day of the week if I could. Pete is the greatest. That's amazing. I mean, what, do you see like yourself doing a full? Do you see yourself doing like a full length project with somebody like a Pete Rocket one day? Absolutely, definitely. Because I, th- I, I think definitely. I think that's one thing that would be incredible to see from you is locking in with like one producer and seeing what you could come up with. Um, I got some tricks up my sleeve, and I'm not going to talk too soon, but yeah, y'all going to see something like that. I'm just not going to say it yet. But y'all going to see. You know what I mean? Y'all going to see. I got some tricks up my sleeve, man. And what was it like getting back with Green Lantern? How do you guys work together to make the Oracle what it is? That was amazing, bro. Me and Green have a good chemistry. He produced like six or seven joints off this project, and we did it all in like a couple of days, just off the vibe and energy. So yeah, it was, it was great. We got that. We got that chemistry. It's like we ain't missed a day. All these years passed, and I didn't feel the absence of any of them. Went back to work like that yesterday. That's amazing. And I, I know you were, you know, you've been doing the fitness thing as well. How's that going for you? Pretty good, man. Got to stay fit. Got to stay strong. Got to stay healthy. Got to be ready to knock a nigga out if you have to, or or, or protect your family. Got to stay strong, man. And it's it's funny because I remember. Um, I was I was running and I remember hearing um, you say um, you work out your chest and back all nice but the twelve gauge will have your six pack on ice. Um, <laughs> way back. I remember being in college here and that like oh man I'm wasting my time doing this run right now because graph is completely right. <laughs> That's hilarious word. <laughs> like I was like I was like I might as well just walk back to my room man because what's the point? He's right. <laughs> that is fucking funny, bro. <laughs> word. How do you balance it too? Oh, like you know, looking at like you know, being fit, being a being a father, 
putting your time in in the studio like how do you balance your day to where like you can live a healthy lifestyle when you're being pulled in a million directions 24 hours in a day man i just sleep less and just go at it i don't have i don't have the uh the uh formula i don't know when it comes to my kids i try to dismiss them when it comes to my career i write all day when it's only 24 hours in a day i try to use all of them shit the best i can some things may get shortchanged because I'm not perfect, but I just, I don't have a real formula, but I just love you prioritize things, the right things to get the right amount of attention. Nice. And what's been the biggest takeaway that you th- feel like you've had from just like focusing more on, on your health and fitness? Um, just being strong and being in good shape and staying and feeling young. Like, you know, I feel like I just started out. I never feel tired. I feel like I was, you know, protect what I have to protect. Family, wife, mom, dukes. I'm I'm outside. I'm I'm in the hood. I'm, I'm and I travel a lot. So you gotta be able to protect yourself, man. And protect the people you love. I gotta throw a nigga through the roof that's what it's gonna be. No doubt, man. So at this point do you have any plans for an Oracle four and to keep it going? Nah man, I think we good. <laughs> I think we good at the synergy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do another one. This is good. The trilogy feels right. That's good. <laughs> I want some other ideas now. Yeah, so I, I know you don't want to share, like, everything that you have planned, but um, do you want to share anything about what's coming next for Graph? I don't want to share it yet because I want to make sure we complete it in totality. So, uh, I, But uh, it's going to be dope. And there's two, pro- two more products in the works that I've more than half done right now. So we'll see. And they're both producer-based. I don't want to say it yet. I want to make sure they get done in totality because I might mix them up. What if I combine both products and make one and now it's not produced by one whole guy? So I don't want to say it yet, but there's only two more products in the works and they're going to be done in about a month and a half. Yeah, I'm going to get one of them shipped. And then right after that one, come out, I'm going to get the other one. No doubt. You know, I also loved your work with Flea Lord, man. That was amazing, too. That was, that was a huge surprise for me, too. Like, I did not expect that. Then I got the Spotify notification that a new project of yours had dropped. So that was pretty awesome, too. Yeah, man. Thanks, bro. That's my guy, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, what was what was it like putting that together? You said what? I said, what was it like putting that together and working with Flea on that? It was a great vibe. Flea's a real dude. He shared a lot of inf- information with me, which is great because people don't like to share information in this business. And he picked all those beats, man. Flea has an amazing air. He's a, he's a, he's a dope guy. He created that vibe. I, 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 I soaked it up. Because yeah, I thought you guys, oh, you guys had great chemistry on that too. So, like that, that was one of those projects that just kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, man, these guys made it work, and it sounds great. Well, our friendship is real, so it came, it came from us being real with each other first, and that's why it just sounds so organic. We just really, he's really just chilling, smoking, lounging, laughing, and just creating. And do you find too that some that some of the the younger guys like? grew up on your music and grew up hearing stuff that you said, like, do you, do you get that from any of the artists today? All, all the time. And I love it all the time, man. So the, the respect is mutual. I could, I could be a fan of somebody new, not even realize they know me. And I meet them and they go, Oh shit, Graf, damn it. You're done with my favorite song. I'm going to the studio right now. And that shit happens. Like dead ass. That's, that's amazing. I love it. That's awesome. That, yeah. That's when you know you were on the right path the whole time, right? Yeah, man. It's a beautiful thing, bro.